0: It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice.
2: All right, welcome back in. Rothman and Ice, presented by your local Pella Window and Door showroom on Gemini Parkway. Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice-Hayes, CB in the control room. All present and accounted for as we get to dissect... The Blue Jackets dissect the Buckeyes and we do it with a cadaver on the table almost. Like both teams coming off wins, yet there's one team in this town that gets their the vocal minority going like no other. And that is the Columbus Blue Jackets.
3: Matty, how you doing? I'm good, man. I am good. Feeling fairly, uh, really well on a Tuesday. The incline mm. sprints were hitting nice oh. this morning. Got a nice sweat, and it's always good, right, when you sweat. get to the gym. And you got it to yourself. I've had <laughs> that the last few times, man. Pulled up to the gym, had mm. had the music going and the Beats pros, and uh, Ooh, let the ready music to rock. the take control. Ready to rock, let so I'm the good.
2: the rhythm move, you now sweat.
3: Uh what do you what are you what are you cruising to when you get to a uh, high level there? You know, I hit today I think on the incline sprint. I got up to about like a four point five incline mm. and I think my max MPH today was at about twelve. I think mm-hmm. I got up to twelve miles an hour today. That's
2: that's a heavy sprint, man.
3: Oh yeah, you gotta get it going. Gotta get the heart rate up a lot. Yeah.
2: That's a that's a yanked hammy <laughs> and then falling off the treadmill. <laughs> And then heading to the infirmary. That, oh that's, man! No, I'll stick to the bike, and i um, you know clip in, mm-hmm. and then there's no way I you know things can go wrong for me.
3: I really want us to you know as a duo here really get our core together, so that way that can take our golf games to the next level. You don't need that much help with your golf game. You're a crafty vet. You've got all the tricks in the bag. You've taken down so many people around the city of Columbus. Media members, you're the guy. You're the guy. But I've been working on this core. You know, I've been doing the Michael Thomas ab routine, and it's working out well for me, and I think it's helping me out when I'm on the treadmill because the core starting to get yeah. a little tighter. It's been a little doughy throughout the winter, but now we're getting it ready for the spring and the summer. All right.
2: Uh, we got a lot to get to today in a short amount of time, three hours of the jam- enchantment of the two-hour bag, which we will do. Um, I'll start with this, and then you can jump in, and then I'll g- give you my whole take on the situation. And where we're going, because we're about to, I find it almost to a comical level that, and it's okay because I think it it deserves to be discussed, and I think there is a heavy debate on both sides. I'm not people. I think people tweeting in today expecting to come in and like play like defense attorney for torts. And I I will give you my honest take on the situation, as I always do, and I'll leave the program knowing that I gave my honest take. Uh, but I honestly feel in this town, and it's weird to me, this guy isn't even calling plays. And he is he is spotlighted and ripped to shreds more than Any Ohio State coach I've ever covered in this town, maybe outside of Coop when he was losing to Michigan, but there there are times when Ohio State football loses a game in this town, and I don't think the media in this town or the fans in this town attack the head coach or coaching staff of Ohio State the way Torts is ripped. I don't. And I don't know whether it's a, a niche thing or whether it's an emotional thing, like a love thing. Like there's so much... There's so much generational love, which there should be for Ohio State football, that you would think there'd be more tough love to something you love that much, but they got torched by Bama, and there wasn't any... I mean, yeah, I guess people threw Kerry Combs under the bus, but mostly it was like, eh, they lost to a better team. They lost to a better team. There wasn't any... Like, it was... I think there's a Torts is an easy target, and he's made himself an easy target over the years. He has there's no no debate. He knows that, and I feel like people want to take moves that he makes and decide that he is going down with the ship. Like that's who that that's it. Like I don't care iceberg dead ahead I'm going to drive us right into it to prove a point I don't care what anybody says I don't care what this guy can offer me yet if a yet if a a star running back fumbles twice and a head coach doesn't put him back in the game nobody says anything you know why because he fumbled twice because it's tangible it's not effort it's not a guy who won't engage it's not a guy just standing around where we don't really know what's in his head and so I'm going to start with that right away, that I feel like they, we take this stuff to a level that people automatically assume that it doesn't matter if you're Wayne Gretzky, that you're going to do it his way, or you're not playing. And I will elaborate on that in moments, but if you watched that game yes, last night... Yeah. Does that dude have the best shot in hockey? Probably. Outside of Ovi or right neck and neck, maybe even better? Yeah, that's debatable. Took his best shot off the ice. He did. In a in a two one hockey in a two two hockey game. It's very similar to hoops. These guys go up and down. You're responsible for both ends. Should he have more leeway for Patrick Line? a guy that I would bet outside of the diehard hockey fan in this town, no one had even heard of before he got here. Partially because he's young, partially because he played in Winnipeg, partially because it's a niche, you know, diehard type sport. And the fact that he doesn't realize that dude just stood there with his team in big trouble in their own zone. And That's going to be okay anytime because he has that rocket in his pocket. I don't think it was intentionally lazy by Line I I don't. I think it was instinctual lazy. I think he was waiting for his guys to hopefully get the puck so he could break out with them, what I would call a semi-cherry pick in his own zone. I would have given him some leeway, and I'll get to that in a minute. I believe Torch is sometimes hell-bent on all or nothing. Sometimes his grit guys who don't have a fingernail of the skill that Patrick Liney has get the benefit just because they're hustling on every shift. That's a dangerous game that a 20-year coach has to look in the mirror and ask himself, is he hanging on to the right stuff? And it's when a veteran coach with a cup and a pair of Jack Adams Coach of the Year awards on his mantle has to ask himself, can I run stride for stride with the new athlete? Can I make sure the game doesn't pass me by? And so far he's done it, and he's learned to do it with Panarin, and now he has to try to build it with Patrick Laine while the club allows it to happen. Now, I'll expand here quickly, and then I want you to jump in because I've just been dying to get this out. Torts obviously doesn't view this like the fans. You know the old adage, coach for the fans, you'll be sitting with them. He doesn't view it like the fans do, that benching the guy with the best shot on the team is to send a message to the entire team. I've got people telling me he purposely wants to throw the game to send a message, and it's his way or you're gone. There's a part of the culture that he will not compromise on. He's a read-and-react coach. He coaches the game to win the game. It's a gamble. I get it. Of course it is. He took a player, like I said, with maybe the best shot in hockey, off the ice in a tie game with a team in the division, fighting neck for neck, you know, fighting neck and neck with them. If your lack of effort leads to giving up goals, then he's going to push a button on you, and he gets somebody out there that will do what he wants. I'm not defending it. I'm describing what he is about. He coaches a game on the fly. Now, where I always get confused on this type of move is why he couldn't go to the player in between periods to figure it out so he can get his best shot back on the ice. That's a question I'll ask him when he comes on. I can't answer why he won't go back to him. I can't answer why he feels that player is lost for the rest of the game or whether somebody else impressed him enough to stay out there instead. It's dangerous territory. But the garbage that this is abusing a player, that he abuses young skill guys, is over the top. It's over the top. I mean, Liney's a pro. Maybe he should engage when his team is in big trouble in their own zone. This is not about you can't coach everyone the same. This is just asking a guy to read the moment. And Patrick didn't read that moment. Once again, it's a gamble. They weren't losing 5-2 or even up 5-2. Tie game with a team that's right with you in the division. Social media is going to eat this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I understand that a lot of them are right and a lot of them are keyboard warriors who won't even put their real picture or real name as their handle. That's expected. And now they have to find a way, as he said, to talk to each other and see what the expectations are but he will not compromise on culture and he won't compromise on effort and whether it's his downfall or not is yet to be seen. But he coaches to win the game, not throw them to make
3: a point. So I knew this was going to be hot in the hockey streets, mainly in the Blue Jacket streets and especially where we just came from dealing with the PLD situation. And I think the part that I disagree with last night is something that you touched on is I would have liked to see him get back out on the ice. I would have liked to see him get another crack at it, but this has been towards his mentality. This has been his style. And this is why these specific topics are very, very, you know, split down the middle amongst a blue jacket nation. But here's what I think. I think if line A comes in and signs an extension, this wouldn't be a problem. I think the fear of losing another sniper, another guy that can provide something for a squad that hasn't had it over the last few years. We had it for a flash there with Brad and that team. But I think the fans are reacting to these moments now a little Mm -hmm. bit more harshly because that is always going to be in the back of a lot of people's minds. It's in the back of my mind if I'm being completely honest because this is what we've been wanting. This is what we've been needing is this type of guy – At this age, with a ton of hockey in front of him, that has something that this team has absolutely needed. So I disagree with Torts on the complete benching. I would have liked Line to get out there and try to correct the wrongs. But I honestly believe that's where the reaction is coming from, specifically with Line. Because we've seen other guys get benched, and I know that that's been discussed. But not the way this has been discussed this morning and late last night. So I brought up during the PLD thing the James Harden situation, trying to bring in another sport and compare how that situation was affecting a team with the star and all that. I'll use another one, going back to last year, because you know I'm a big NBA guy, where Anthony Davis went to the Lakers. A big deal for them was, for him was, he didn't want to play the five throughout the season. So the team, Frank Vogel and company, compromised with him on that. He didn't do a ton of it. They got to the playoffs. He took care of it. And I think when you talk about Torch's mentality as an old school guy, wants his guys to take care of their job. If you're not doing it, you're going to get ripped. I think sometimes in certain spots I would like to see him come off it just a little bit. Because... This is something now to where this is blown up nationally. This is obviously Mm -hmm. blown up in our neck of the woods. And this is just adding to the narrative if you're in the anti-torts camp of, well, you see, that's why guys aren't going to do it. And I think sometimes if torts can just ease off of that just a little bit, I think that can help out in some situations. Who knows what this looks like long term? But I think when you have that in the front of all of our faces, specifically with Line A, that's why we get the reaction we got today. So I understand where Torch is at and how he's gone about things, and I've agreed with him, especially where we had the PLD ISO cam. I was out on that crap from PLD. But last night I disagree with the length of the benching, I thought Line A deserved to come back out there and work through what he's going through because he doesn't have practice time. He doesn't have all that stuff behind closed doors through a normal year. So his ice time is so important and so paramount to his growth as a jacket. That's where I disagree with Torts. I understand his mentality, but last night I was just out on the length of the benching. We'll talk
2: more about it. You'll hear from Torts next. Uh, Cam will chime in as well. Uh, we'll talk about Ohio State football today and whether Al Washington is actually going to take this job at Tennessee or whether the money will just keep climbing and the leverage will climb along with it. Off and running, Rothman and Ice on the fan.
0: A media legend and a spiky shoulder-padded ex linebacker and their dumb producer, Bishop and Laurinaitis. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon. The fan, the hardest-working show in the business, or at least at this station, in their time, time slot. This is Rothman and Ice. Dave Biddle, bottom of the hour. We'll talk
2: Ohio State football. See if there will be a coaching vacancy. Might be a vacancy in your cell phone network. And if there is, jump into the T-Mobile family. I know how much you're on your phone. You've heard me say it. I'm on mine a ton. Mostly for frivolous reasons. But... When I need it, it's there. And now that I'm on the T-Mobile network team, I am happy about it. So not frustrated anymore. Uh, great connection. a Great company behind me. And they've merged with Sprint, so they're even more powerful than ever. So that's big stuff. Best network ever is now here at Columbus. Uh, you've heard about the million square miles of expanded LTE coverage across the country. And they're upgrading at a record pace, 1,000 towers a month with ultra-capacity 5G. So now that speed is here at Columbus, and they were the first to bring 5G nationwide. That's huge. So jump into speed with T-Mobile, coverage not available in some areas, so visit T-Mobile.com to learn more. All right, back at it. You and I were clearly ready to take the ice today. <laughs> and I love how – I love the fact that we get to talk about this team as much as we are. I do. I also like the fact they won last night. I have a weird feeling that if they would have lost that game, we would have taken the pitchforks to a whole new level. (laughs) I just got into The Walking Dead. I just started watching it, and everyone has told me, yes. Yes, I I I love that. So I've seen everything. Night of the Living Dead, both Dawn of the Deads. Uh, I even watched The Dead Don't Die, the one with Murray. Uh, I've seen Shaun of the Dead, great. Um, Seen the Zombie Lands, seen Double Tap, seen them all but i'd not jumped into walking dead. and so everyone has told me and i got great reaction on twitter about yeah. what the series is like and th- to be honest i don't even know if it's still going is it over? Uh, Or is it it still
3: going? It's still going. Real quick, before I hand it back to you, I was a huge Walking Dead fan for probably the first five seasons, and then I bailed for a little bit, and people told me I need to get back in because it's been really good over the last few seasons, so I might be hopping back on this train with you because I was all about my guy Rick Grimes and company a few years ago.
2: Don't tell me anything. I got you. I've already gotten a few spoilers, but that's my own fault because I jumped in so late. (laughs) But I just was trying to make an analogy to picture, you know, picture what the walk, like the most walkers you can imagine, whether it's on a highway or in the school or wherever, wherever you could picture the most walkers. And by the way, they're way too fast for zombies. (laughs) Like, there's a time in The Walking Dead where I thought, okay, as long as I'm fast, I'm good. Mm. And now I'm finding out that some are like former athletes, apparently. (laughs) Like they're they're going way too fast. And so but picture if the Jackets would have lost last night yeah. because he benched Line A, or they would have pinned it on, okay, your best shot is off the ice, you want to blues in a hockey game. Imagine the pitchforks then and the zombie walks then. Yeah. Like it, it's I get it. He's an easy target. He's been an easy target his whole life. He's he's an he's a I don't buy that he's going down with the ship. People have asked me on the air, is he done? Does he want to be done? I will say it this way. I don't think he wants to stop coaching. I think if, he, if it happens, he'd be at peace with it. I know that. And I know that Yarmo and he are ultra competitive and have a very, very honest and open relationship. As far as GM and coach, I know that for a fact. Hell, they both golfed in my outing with me. Mm. Like, I know what's going on. I know when Yarmo starts ripping torts on the golf course that it's out of love. You do that when you care. You dig and you kid when you care. When, when you don't and you, and you separate and each dude is on his phone for four hours separately – then you know that it's a business relationship. I think they have something a little better than that right now. Do they fight a lot? Probably. Does it end there? Yeah. And so my point is that Torch working without a contract right now is probably a mutual thing. I'm not saying he wouldn't want an extension, but he doesn't have to go to war for it, and I don't think it's a priority for him right now. I'm going to come back to something I said earlier. His priority last night was to win the game. And there's part of him that will not compromise. Will it be his downfall? I don't know. But here's let's hear from him, CB. Give me your, and you can set this up for me. Give me your your best bite when he was trying to answer uh, a little bit about the game last night in the benching.
4: Yeah, so he talked about right here why he was not he, not necessarily punishing both he and Kukin.
1: It's what I feel I need to do. The la- the last thing I want to do is bench a player. We're just disjointed in in all areas. Uh, quite honestly, both on and off the ice. So we we just it's it's an easy thing to bench a player. I, the last, that's the last thing I want to do. But if I think I need to do it, then I need to do it. I did with Patty, and I felt I needed to do with Kooks in, in where he was just struggling so bad. And, and this came in from the last game, too. Kooks has given us some really good hockey. But the last, uh, the last couple of games, it's been a struggle.
2: It was a lazy clear that led to a goal, the one that mm-hmm. tied the game by Kooks. Now, no one's leaving any room at all. None. Zero. For the fact that maybe Line is still getting his sea legs. He's got a rocket, and you want to get him out there. I get it. If he's a liability on 80% of that sheet of ice, Torch isn't going to have him out there. I keep coming back to this. I don't know if it's right. I don't. I think most people want the best talent on the ice at all times. But this isn't football. They're not playing offense and defense. They're playing both. Now, should he have some leeway with guys that are ultra-skilled? Probably at times, yeah. He did with Brad, And maybe he will with Patrick. But not out of the gate. Not when the guy hasn't been here that long. Everyone wants to say, well, he hasn't been here that long. Give him, some, give him a chance. He doesn't know the system. I don't know whether that was a system breakdown. He may be tired. He may be skating tired. It's such a fine line between I need the shot. I need him out there in a tie game, and I also don't want to be trailing by two to then really need him. That's what, that was the inner battle last night. They were in a tie game. If I leave him out there and we break down again in our own zone and he doesn't help, are we then down 3-2 and 4-2? That's the battle, and no one's leaving any room for it. And the whole line about I don't want to bench a player and everybody ripping him to shreds about that, Because it's funny, and it's comedic, and what do you mean? Torch loves benching guys. What he means by it is, I I'd never want to have to get to a point where I have to pull a player off the ice because he's not doing what we want. Like, he's on my team. I want him to go 100%. There's a battle here, and it's not all or nothing, and I know fans want it all or nothing. He's your best skill guy. Get him on the ice. Doesn't matter. Last night, it may have mattered. It led to a goal. It may have led to two. And that's why he did it, and that's what I believe. And I'll come back, and I'll say it is a huge gamble, huge, yeah. with this team, with this guy's got more skill than, than three-quarters of the team combined.
3: Yeah, And I think that's where a lot of the emotion comes from. I think that's what it is. It'd be like a basketball team finally needing someone that can make a shot from the outside, finally getting him, and for whatever reason, he's not out there on the floor playing extended minutes. I think now we can have this conversation, uh, I think obviously amongst the fan base, there's a ton of conversation around this, a ton of emotion around it as well, and rightfully so. I think it's great. But uh, as long as this in-house between the two, can be talked through if line even feels like it's an issue. Cause I haven't heard anything from him. Uh, this could be completely overblown by everyone outside of the building. I don't know, but we heard from Torch before line, even get got here that they were having good conversations. They were having, Hey, he was sending him video and Line wanted to know who he'd be paired with and all of that. As long as that type of relationship continues to grow between the two, I think things can be fine. This is a one-off, not a one-off for Torts in general, but a one-off with Line a specifically right now. And hopefully we don't run into this again. I think it's on both sides here, Torts understanding his player, and I'm obviously he's doing that, trying to do that, but it's also Line a now having to embrace a little bit of a, a body shock here with a head coach. And we know Line a is, you know, like he said, getting his hockey legs back and learning all this new stuff. But that, to me, is the big part of this, is that we've heard players talk about Torch and understanding where he is and how it can be tough, but also say some positive things about him. So I think now, between the two, we know Torch is all about sitting down and talking through things. He's not going to shy away from any of that with his players. But as long as Line A is understanding of what's going on and they have good conversation and this doesn't continue to snowball in the wrong way moving forward, I think things are going to be okay. I think it's the emotion of who he is, what we've seen from Line A already, and it being such an absolute need for the Jackets that we're having this type of conversation today.
2: Come back with Dave Biddle of Bucknuts. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
3: If you miss a Buckeye game, it's because your radio is in tune to the right place. Always and
0: forever your home for the Buckeyes. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. Movie references you may not get even if you saw the movie. This is Rothman and Ice.
2: All right, welcome back in. Rothman and Ice. Anthony Roth and Matty Ice Hayes. And look who it is on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. It's our... Friend Dave Biddle, editor of Bucknuts on 24-7 Sports, host of On the Money here, on the fan on Sundays, and just generally a good dude. What's up, bids?
5: Great to talk to you, Anthony and Matt, two of my favorite guys.
2: Let me ask you this. The Al Washington situation. um, Seen some stories today. The Tennessee, the Vols came strong with a big offer to make make him their D.C., We read yesterday, and I know you were on top of the story, that Ryan Day and Gene Smith certainly wanted to meet with him and have a chance to keep him part of the Buckeye family. Where do you think it stands right now?
5: Yeah, I think you summed it up very well. Um, Al Washington wants to stay at Ohio State, but Tennessee's doing everything they can to make him an offer he can't refuse. I mean, late last night I was told by somebody I trust that Ohio State was able to up their offer enough, and um, he, he loves being here that... That he was going to turn down the chance to be the defensive coordinator at Tennessee and stay here at Ohio State. And uh, that's what I heard before I went to bed last night and then wake up this morning um, and find out that Tennessee has increased their offer to 1.5 million dollars, which is more than anybody on Ohio State staff makes other than Ryan Day himself. Kerry Combs makes 1.4 million I believe Kevin Wilson's right around 1.1, 1.2 right around there. So um, I think he's really torn, and, and I've been waiting for this to come down. I was really hoping we would have a verdict before I came on with you guys, uh, and I wish I had like, an inside scoop for you. I wish I could tell you, like, listen, this is what I'm hearing right now, that he's definitely going to stay or he's definitely leaving. I don't have that. Um, I think Al is very torn right now mm-hmm. on what he wants to do, and Ohio State doesn't need to match the money. They, they, they're they not. One thing I, I don't you know, I don't know if every Ohio State fan knows this. Ohio State's not going to. Well, their assistant coaches are paid well. Ohio State's not going to get into the arms race where they're paying like their coordinators two point five million dollars, you know, or you know, Clemson. Both of their coordinators are making north of two million dollars. They're going to be competitive, but they they're not going to get into that supreme arms race like what you're seeing at Alabama, what you're seeing at Clemson. So, um, but. If they can get it, like, let's say they get it. I'm just spitballing here. Let's say they get it around a million dollars. I think Al Washington's making like around six hundred thousand. They get it around a million dollars. I think in the end, if I had to guess right now, he's going to stay. But he's he's very torn. I mean, Tennessee's offering him the chance to be the defensive coordinator at the age of 36 and pay him up 1.5 million dollars. That's really tough to turn down, even with everything that's going on at Tennessee, where you have. I mean, it'd be a terrible situation to walk into. Other than the money, that'd be pretty good. Um, you know, with the sanctions that they're going to be under new head coach I mean everything it's really going to be really really tough to win down there And you wonder would you be looking for a new job in two years you have three million in the bank that wouldn't be bad so I don't know guys like I said I'm I'm leaning that he's going to stay at this point but it could go either way
3: Yeah, I can understand how this is tough for him, absolutely, to have this level up, potential level up in his career. You absolutely got to think about that. You know, Coming out of that Alabama game, we knew that there was going to be a challenge trying to slow down Devontae Smith, and a lot of people were wondering what was going on with the game plan and all of that, and that led to a little bit of a shift there in the coaching room on the defensive side of the ball. Matt Barnes goes to secondary coach. Parker Fleming, excuse me, goes to special teams coordinator. Your, your thoughts on the coaching changes on the defensive uh, side of the football this offseason for Coach Day?
5: Yeah, initially it surprised me when I heard, um, you know, learned a few days before it happened that that was going to be the plan. I was surprised. And the more I analyzed it, the more I thought about it, and then after we got a chance to talk to Ryan Day himself on Zoom, Maddie, I... It makes sense. I mean, he believes in Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes is 34 years old, and he's you know, he got a solid resume. At the age of 31, he was basically Maryland's defensive coordinator after D.J. Durkin was fired. Matt Barnes in title was linebacker's coach slash special teams coordinator, but he took over the defense and called the defense the rest of the year. So he probably has bad memories of Dwayne Haskins in that game at Maryland in 2018, but um, and that was at the age of 31. Comes to Ohio State. Uh, Ryan Day worked with him closely for two years. He believes he's a coach on the rise. Um, so it makes more sense the more I think about it. They also believe in Parker Fleming, age of 31. Um, I've never been a big you know promote from within guy. When you're at Ohio State, I feel like a lot of these you know coaches should maybe go elsewhere than come back. But Ryan Day believes in it. He was promoted from within himself. I was skeptical of that. Look how that worked out. So what the heck do I know? Ryan Day's been a home run. So and he, he believes in it. And I, don't, I don't know if. Promoted from within has anything to do with his philosophy, but he flat out says that you know he's a believer in that. Uh, he's a believer in culture, and it does free them up. Like what I said earlier about the arms race, it does free them up to have more money now, guys, to give a guy like Brian Hartline a raise who absolutely deserves one, to give Al Washington more money to maybe keep him around, to give other guys on the staff. You know, to give them a raise um, to keep them around, it does free up a little bit more money when you're promoting Matt Barnes and you're promoting Parker Fleming instead of going out and getting some hot shot that's going to cost you, you know over a million dollars like Greg Madison was making 1.1 million. So the more I thought about it, I, I understand it and I, I, here's another thing, guys. I trust Ryan Day until he proves, until he gives me a reason not to trust him. I, I trust his decisions until he gives me a reason not to.
2: All right, Dave. Well, let me let me bring you back just a little bit to the L. Washington thing because if it does break, we'll see. Like if he does leave, like if the I understand the boxes that Ryan Day can check with him, hometown guy, that's already there. You've got that advantage. You'd be coaching still on a great team with a chance to go after another, go after a national title. You could also sell him on that he'd have the chance in the future to be a DC. It doesn't have to be right now. So you're right. They probably they can't match the money. But what do you think will really lead the day here? Is it the promise of potentially becoming a coordinator at Ohio State one day? Or just hold off for now, we need you, and we'll give you a big chunk of raise to make you stay?
5: I think he would need to believe that he's in the, you know, in the plans to be the defensive coordinator one day, that Ryan Day believes that that's the you know, next logical step for him. Now, I did hear last night when I heard that he was leaning towards staying that one of the hangups was, you know, Al Washington was, re- was requesting, and this is very reasonable, the title of co-defensive coordinator, even if he really wasn't going to be, you know, you know, like we know sometimes those titles can be BS, sometimes they're legit. Um, even if this was kind of a BS title, uh, I was told by one source, I don't have two sources on this, that that he wanted that, and Ryan Day was not ready to give him that title. So, but yeah, I think he would need to be assured that, uh, you know. Not only would he be getting a raise, which is obvious, uh, and a healthy one, but um, that he would at least be considered, strongly considered for the defensive coordinator job down the road, or or a bigger role, if he doesn't get co-defensive coordinator right now. And maybe Ryan Day will acquiesce and give him that title. Who knows? Um, That's just what I was told last night. Who knows if that's even true? Um, But, um, yeah, I think he would would need to know that he would be at least in consideration down the road um, for a bigger role.
2: All right, Bids, we'll stay on it. I know you'll stay on it. Thanks for jumping on, man, on late notice. We always appreciate you. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Good talking to you. Yep, that's Dave Biddle on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Maddie, that's it, isn't it? It's You don't have to sell him on stuff that he already loves. He already loves coaching at Ohio State. He already loves being home. He loves being a part of a national title contender. But it's the career goals. It's D.C. and the money that comes along with it. I could easily convince him to wait a little bit, that other D.C. opportunities will come along. It's a tough sell, but, and it's one that, that only Al Washington can, can battle with. Yeah. But it sounds like to me that if the guy didn't jump at that kind of money, then it's not all about the money.
3: Sure. And I get it. I totally understand him wanting that label there where bids touched on there excuse me as a co-defensive coordinator attached to his name because that'll help him get to the next job and get to the next job but no no question i understand that this is tough uh for him to be in this position especially where dave talks about what tennessee is going through do you want to go down to a program Mm -hmm. and have to try to sell that to recruits and all that yeah the money would be good but there are a lot of challenges that come along with that so this is difficult right because if you we fast track this too. He does leave for Tennessee. That also if we zoom in a little bit more on the linebacker room itself, there's going to be a lot of turnover as well with on the on the field with all the veteran guys that have now moved on. So if you're an Ohio State fan, you would love to have that as a start to have the coach that works with that unit run it back with a bunch of new faces out there running around on defense.
2: How about this hoops team keeps cooking? We'll talk about him next. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
3: If you're looking for the radio home-
0: Because if we weren't, this promo would be very stupid. Proud to be your crew station, The Fan. Rothman and Ice present Buckeye Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months.
2: All right, Maddie. A hoops team that went into Maryland has only a three-point favorite. I was a little surprised about that, and I thought something smelled fishy about that. Um, Certainly when they got down six early, you thought, okay, they might be in for a battle here. Big Ten game on the road, whatever atmosphere you can have on the road. And they wound up torching the twine again. And when this team shoots the way they did last night in the first half, hitting eight threes, I think there was an 18-point differential on threes between them and Maryland in a positive way. 73-65. They're up five and a half on that 16-5 run to end it. And then they outscore them by three in the second half. And everyone's impression of this team is the same. They're hitting a stride that their confidence is crazy. Whether it's Dwayne sensing an opening and popping a three, Arnes in transition, Arn's taking a little extra dribble to create a three. When CJ's left open, he pulls the trigger. Dwayne was really feeling it, I thought. Baseline pull-up, baseline fall-away. Now, Wiggins was taking the school a little bit on the other end in the first half. And Maryland was getting inside. And I do feel like whether, if you get a matchup issue, and they they did a job on Garza, it's when they're not shooting well, and, and it's the perfect storm, and they're facing a team that's strong inside, then you may have an issue. But right now... Dwayne driving and that little drop pass to Kyle Young inside. You're up 11 with 14 to go, and you just kind of coast and just keep playing. And they're a very impressive basketball team right now, and they're
3: playing with a lot of confidence. Yesterday, when you mentioned the spread, you and I were kind of like, oh, that's interesting. And, you know, I brought up – excuse me. I I thought the start to the game was very important for Ohio State, especially coming off the emotional win of Iowa and all that stuff. It can get weird and Maryland jumped out to a 13 to 5 lead last night but Ohio State responded and you mentioned the guy that got cooking and it was Dwayne and when he's in his bag like that it makes Ohio State very very difficult to beat. He's always been had the ability to be to be a three level scorer, and you saw it yesterday, right? He takes 10 threes, only knocks down three of them, but you mentioned some of the shots that he can hit from inside the R2. That makes him an absolutely tough cover. There was a fadeaway in the corner there right by Maryland's bench that got Ohio State up thirty-three to twenty-six late there in the first mm-hmm. half was just it was it was very impressive. But the thing that I liked about this win yesterday was that E.J. Liddell couldn't find it, man. It was one of those games, right? A weird game for E.J. Liddell to where on the offensive end, he couldn't get it going, and there's other guys that absolutely stepped up and delivered you mentioned Dwayne but Kyle Young yesterday man he was just doing it all on the offensive end really really tough cover down low getting in ones and really doing some good things and I love that he's feeling a little bit more comfortable to me stepping out to that three-point line one of two from the arc is big I think if he and Liddell and start to sprinkle that or pull that out of their bag as we hitch closer to March, that is going to make this team really, really difficult. So, no, not the mm-hmm. toughest opponent, obviously, mm-hmm. coming out of Iowa, but there were challenges to start, and they stayed with it and fought through it with one of their best players struggling on the offensive end.
2: Very good points. Let's hear from Chris Holtman. Uh, let's start with on the start and how he had to yell at his guys.
6: I mean, sometimes people think it's some type of a, motivational ploy to get on your team in a timeout reality is you're just angry you're just (laughs) venting you're angry and and uh you know i think our guys know i don't i don't do that necessarily on purpose or uh as any type of motivational ploy. i did did not think we were playing with the, the amount of force or effort that we needed to i just did not think we were playing with the necessary force or physicality so we addressed that
2: good for him He cares. He has passion. He's human. He's coaching his team to win. They came out sluggish. You're down eight. Like, yeah, it doesn't have – like, it works both ways. Yeah, it's to motivate them, but it comes from a genuine place of get your heads out of your you-know-where. Right. That's what it is. Let's hear more from uh, Kyle Young, and you mentioned it. Career high 18.
6: Let the game come to me in the first place, you know, playing off others, you know, let my teammates create, you know, get offensive rebounds, stuff like that. So, you know, when you're out there playing hard, you know, and you're you're letting the game come to you, you know, good things will happen. So that's all I'm trying to do is just, you know, do whatever my team needs in the time being on the offensive end.
2: That dude's a player. Yeah, he is. He's a player. He's not a – just a try-hard guy. I mean, there's a lot of glue to him, that's for sure. But I think you mentioned – I think it's a big deal about – when he hits a three now, it's not as shocking to the fans. Here he is on that confidence.
6: Just playing with more force, um, you know, being more of a presence. Um, you know, I needed to do that, and that was something I noticed as well. So, you know, I couldn't come out and, you know, play lightly at all. So, um, you know, early on I was just trying to, you know, play as hard as I could and, uh, you know, play with force and, you know, was able to have some good things happen. All
2: right, that's, that's not the correct sound bite. Let's play the one about the confidence
6: on the outside shot. Let the game come to me in the first place. It's just been feeling good, you know. I put in a lot of work in the off season, and you know my teammates trusted me, want me to take those shots. So um, it's been feeling good. And you know, once once you see them go in, uh, you know you're going to take more shots. So if I get more open looks, you know I'm going to continue to take them. Make it rain, make it rain, Kyle Young. Uh, I love it, man. I love when the
3: big dudes continue to evolve his game, and Kyle Young has absolutely done that. Wanted to mention this because it's something. <clears throat> We brought up last week. We're having some fun with it. The free throw shooting, specifically for CJ Walker, mm-hmm. six for six from the line, ninety-six percent right now. That gives you that gets him the third in the country, but behind guys like Jack Ferguson and PJ mm. Pipes. Gotta love that name, PJ Pipes. Yep, PJ Pipes. Pipes from Green Bay. That's where he's at.
2: What's interesting is C.J. Walker came from Florida State, right? Mm-hmm. And hmm And do you know what he shot at the free throw line his freshman and sophomore year? I don't. 65% and 73%. He was in the lap. He was in the lap. Shooting 96-6 now.
3: Yeah.
2: That's Put today's to Buckeye Bulletin. Absolutely. Rothman and Ice on the fan. We will come back. With a deeper dive, and we'll probably go back to the ice and a lot more. Stick close. Rothman and Ice on The Fan.
0: Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and Ice feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for a deeper dive.
2: (laughs) Rothman and Ice. Presented by your local Pella window and door showroom on Gemini Parkway. Miko Koivu? Thought he was going to go full Tom Brady on us. What is happening Deep into his 40s. Going to hang up the blades? Early mid-season? This is interesting. Uh, We'll stay on this story. I I don't have any real... Uh, intel on that, but dude's played forever, 16 years in the in the game, the NHL level. And you know, mostly with Minnesota and with us, but uh, I'll tell you, man, he's, I mean, he signed here for one year. And he was certainly bringing a veteran presence out there. And I have no idea whether, what this is about, why this would happen. He's been a professional through and through and but whatever whatever was motivated by this decision i don't know but i think he has been a incredibly accomplished player in the game and deserves uh this moment if he feels that this is necessary for him so no doubt. stay on that story
3: no doubt. I mean, yeah. in, when you mentioned the one-year contract, my mind kind of jumped to, well, veteran guy, like you laid out, been around for a while and done some good things uh, within the NHL. But could part of this have already been on his mind, you know, throughout the offseason. When you sign a one year deal, maybe you're in the mindset of, hey man, do I really want to give this another crack? And then just, you, you know, the hockey love within you takes over, and then you get in the season, and then, you know, you're doing a season with no fans and all that stuff, and maybe got into it and was just like, you know what, man, I'm gonna lean the other way. I was maybe I was feeling like I should have gone down this road initially. So whatever he wants to do, I absolutely respect it, man, because he's put in the work in the league. So definitely curious Definitely caught my attention, what Chop said in the update there, but uh, no, man, when you talk about you know guys wanting to continue their career, sometimes you get in it and you're not feeling the same way you did in the offseason. Yeah, I'd like to believe
2: that's it. I don't know. I don't know what he, a 37-year-old dude would expect and how much contribution that he will give or can give or coach's decisions or whatever, but uh, the odd part of all of this is not that he's retiring. The odd part of this is when that's the odd part yeah. you know it's no one's gonna fault a guy for retiring for playing 16 years in the league and and giving everything he could to the game it's it's the suddenness of it and it's you know coming off the game that that we uh, you know we just had with line a but this is an older guy and older guys don't love to be you know always traveling and away from their families I, you know if he's here alone i think that's a big deal and the covid season um it can be a tough one and it's a problem and it's a pain for a lot of dudes especially a guy like him so if this is what had to happen uh then this is what had to happen it's like tuka coming out of the bubble you know for his family when needed And so even though they're not technically in a bubble, this sounds to me like a guy who, you know, hasn't been playing lights out at the very end of his career, brought in for a veteran presence, and being away from his family in a COVID year again, can't be easy. But but it's not going to change the fact that there'll be people up, can't play for torts. Jeez, give me a
3: break. I mean, my mind didn't really go there. My mind—I mean, of yeah. course. Well, that's what I'm saying. Happen, that's that's right. My mind didn't go there. I think I'll read more into yeah. the contract that he signed. If this was a multi-year deal or three-year deal or whatever, he pulls ripcord now, then you know maybe I'd read something into that. But I th- I'm going to lean more towards this is a veteran dude that's looking around, saying, "Man, do I need to do this again? Do I really need to keep doing this? Like you said, not be around my fam and all that. I'll, I'll invest my energy in that more so than the other stuff that's been going on today."
2: Yeah, and the other stuff that's been going on today is is the situation that is brewing now with the Blue Jackets and Patrick Laine. No one wants to look at it in a vacuum, and I get that. Nobody wants to look at it as this is a guy who may have been not engaged last night. Maybe he's skating tired. Maybe the, the, the pace of this now has caught up to him because he he wasn't playing before he came to the Jackets. Now, people want to go the other way with it is, oh, he's only been here a couple weeks. Why not just give him some leeway and leave him out there? He's got a great shot. You can't afford to take that skill off the ice. I'm not, I'm not telling you that argument is completely false. But if a guy can't give you what you need on both ends of the ice, and like I said, I'm not trying to turn him into Bobby Orr. I'm not doing that. I don't need that. I think you can have some leeway with him. Certainly, Torts has given other guys some leeway. He has before. And he learned to do it with bread. Maybe it's just the start of it here is that they want to get him started off on a really good mindset. You know, he was not engaged. He sat there on the dot. team was in big trouble. Own zone. Now, like I said earlier today, was it intentionally lazy? I don't think so. I think it was instinctual laziness. Probably waiting for his guys to get the puck so he could break out. And and what my confusion is on all whenever this happens whenever this happens and torch doesn't come to the press conference with a hey guys i know my own player he just he wasn't he just didn't have it tonight torch didn't say that he didn't come to the to the presser with that and so and i think that's that would have maybe calmed things down is my guy didn't have it tonight it's okay He's done a lot of good things for us. He will continue to do great things for us. He didn't have it tonight. Tie game. I got to win the game. And I had to balance in having his skill out there and also being a liability and being disjointed and not engaged. But no one ever wants to leave room for the middle. It's just not the world we live in anymore. There's no middle ground. It's he. He's a he's a detriment to the team you got to fire the coach. Okay, who do you want? I don't know. Just fire him. Get him out of here. He's the downfall of the team, and we need to get him out of here. He won't get our skill on the ice. He's doing stuff to prove a point. He'll do it to a fault, and he's going to damage our ability to sign this guy long term. Not going to talk you off the ledge. I don't know what's in Patrick Laine's mind. Maybe he's a pro. Maybe he can deal with it. Maybe they'll have a conversation. Maybe he'll learn from it. Maybe he'll come out better. Maybe he'll be more energized in Chicago. I don't know. Guess what? We'll see. But last night it was throw him out. I don't care about playoff appearances. I don't care about that we swept Tampa. I don't care that we we beat the best team in the last 25 years. I don't care that we wound up uh, winning a game seven after flopping in game six. That has nothing to do with coaching. When we win, it's the players. When we lose, it's coaching. Pound my fist on the table. This is the world we live in. There are people out there that if the Jackets win a game, it's because of the players. And when they lose a game, it's because of the head coach. And it will be that way until he leaves for those people. I'm more in the middle. I understand what he's brought to the table. I understand the culture. I understand who he is. Doesn't make him perfect. He's a veteran coach who I said earlier has to maybe ask himself, can I run stride for stride with the new athlete? He comes on Hockey and Hounds every week and says, new athlete, new athlete, new athlete. It's different. Can he make sure the game doesn't pass him by? He's done it so far, done it for a long time, learned to do it with bread. Now can he try to build it with line A while the club allows it to happen? I know that he doesn't care about the fans, and the fans that don't care about him want him out on his head. Well, give me a substitute. Oh, anybody, anybody else. Younger, fresh, change for change. Okay. I got news for you. One day you're going to get that, and then we'll find out. And that's it, and that's kind of where we are. And by the way, you know who's lost in all this,
3: Maddie. They won the damn game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the most important thing. Which is the most important thing. And, you know, we talked about this off the top. And I think a lot of the emotion, specifically with this current situation, is it's because we've been down this road. Talking about Blue Jacket fans when it comes to these type of players with this skill set not saying, okay, let's run it back here in Columbus. This is where I want to be. And I think the fear of that with Line a is cranking up the emotion even more so than it was before. Because correct me if I'm wrong, AR, did Kukan not get benched last night too? And that, that's a guy it that...
2: Because of that lazy correct, clear that turned correct. into a goal. I, now, do I think he deserved to sit? That, that's, I think that's the debate that, that, everyone want, that no one really wants to have today is everyone wants leeway for everyone. Everyone wants it was just a mistake. It was just this, just that. I get it. And that's what I'll ask him when he comes on is how do you define a mistake that's a game-benching mistake versus one that – and, I, by the way, it was kind of prophetic because I asked him last Wednesday about what's just hockey and what's a mistake. You remember when I asked him that? Sure. Like, it's – and so maybe Line A was tired last night. Maybe his coach sensed it. It's a balance. And, and it's like I said earlier in the program. If my star running back fumbles twice,
3: do I throw him back out there or is it just not his night? It's a fair question. No, it is. And, you know, the part that I disagreed with when it came to last night was just the amount of time. That That's what I agreed with because I've embraced and accepted who Torch is. And a lot of times I agree with how he's gone about it because I think what he preaches is, hey, just kind of go out there and give 100% effort, do what you need to do, and you'll be out there on the ice. And to me, that's not too much to ask of a professional athlete. Like, that's what they should be doing at the bare minimum. I just think last night, especially with Line A and where he is with a new club, I would have liked to see him work through that. I would like to see him get out there and get those reps that he's not getting. Now, this is a rare little pocket of time that we're in now because they don't take the ice again until Thursday, and they'll get some practice work in. And I know that's something Torch has been mentioning to us and throughout the media. That's something he is you know, a, a little bit uh, salty about right now as a coach, that you can't get out there and practice. And I understand that because that's where you iron things out. But when it comes to Line, and the reason why I brought up Koukane sitting down last night is that's where the reaction comes from. It's who it is. It, it absolutely – it's who it is. And if any other – we saw it last night. I'm not seeing the reaction because Koukane got bitched last night. It's because it's line A. And I understand those fans that are upset about that, and it's especially with what he can do for a hockey club. But in the back of our minds, we know how Torch wants to operate. He is not going to back off that. He's an OG. He's an old-school guy. And him meshing worlds now, I'm sure has been an absolute challenge. We're seeing it around all of sports right now, right now, where these guys are becoming more vocal, realizing the power that they have, and they're starting to flex it. Not saying that's what's happening here, mm-hmm. but it's two worlds clashing together right now across all of sports where old school guys are trying to get these young guys to think the way that they think. And young guys want old school guys to go about it the way they think. And I think that's where we are here only part I disagree with towards last night is not giving him another opportunity. And until Line A signs on the dotted line to say, I want to be here in Columbus for a few years, this is going mm-hmm. to be a thing, and there's always going to be a ton of emotion wrapped around it.
2: That goal by Jack Roslevic. Nasty. He is He has taken to this team and this ice like he's dreamt about it his entire life. And guess what? He has. And it was beautiful to see. And it's too bad that the other thing is overshadowing a game winning goal, which is was a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. Jack at Roslovic, he's here <laughs> and nice. he is comfortable in that That's sweater. Nice. All right, we'll come back, we'll do truth. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
0: Man and Bone have a simple philosophy for their show. Talk
2: some sports,
0: have some laughs, and get very fat. Common man and T Bone. Weekdays at three.
4: The fan. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB, your show. All right, well, it would be a mistake if I didn't start off with the biggest one of the day because it's Happy National Pizza Day. Yeah. I want to know, just simple as it is, what is your go-to pie? Well, I got to let the man
3: with the pizza sweats go first
4: on this.
2: All right, first of all, <laughs> National Pizza Day. That's kind of oxymoronic because it's 365. Um, so there's two ways to look at this. There's a kid... It was the Stouffer's French Bread Pizzas. That's the toaster oven edition. That's a run to the TV with it. That's eat it so fast. That's the burn the roof of your mouth fun Mm. days delicious. Like, that's it for me. It's always the the French Bread Pizza from Stouffer's. Now, as a loosely formed adult, um, I have changed my ways on the frozen pizza... Uh, I've even gone away from DiGiorno, from all the big rising crust, and finding yes. another layer of dough where they can hide it. And I and every now and then, I, I'll i go to a home-run pizza. It's classic. It's from Chi-Town. The crust is amazing. It's buttery. It's somewhat thin. Um, I sometimes go for CPK, barbecue chicken pizza, California Pizza Kitchen, and... Home Run Pizza is exactly what its name is. They've been around for 75 years. They're from Chi-Town. It's frozen. It's thin. It's buttery. It's delicious.
3: I like it. I like it. For me, you know, growing up as a youngster in the 90s, Red Baron and DiGiorno was the frozen go-to for me. My pops was a big Red Baron pizza guy. I wasn't the biggest fan on that, so I slid over to DiGiorno. But when I'm talking about ordering a pie, there are a couple places where i have to go one we see all the time during the blue jackets games i'm a huge romeo's pizza fan and two i'm a big angie's pizza guy Mm -hmm. i love me some angie's pizza around the city of columbus and to give you a specific order just give me pepperoni and banana pepper pepperoni Mm -hmm. and banana pepper is my go-to all day long On on a
2: domino's that's what it was in college on a Domino's. I like, I
3: like Domino's because I like the garlic, the uh, the garlic dipping sauce. Oh, I'm in on garlic. Domino's as well. But no, that's my favorite pizza right. right there. Pepperoni and banana pepper. You have that
4: at the party. Oh, my. You can't handle the truth. All right. So I saw a lot of uh, districts here in Columbus had days off because it was a snow day for most kids. And I want to take you back to your childhood. What was your special way to spend a snow day?
3: Okay. For me, it was wrangling up the squad around the neighborhood. And just getting after a nice game, a 7-on-7. Sometimes it's got the 10-on-10, maybe even 11-on-11. Sometimes where everybody was coming out to play. But the reason why I thoroughly enjoyed playing football in the snow is because you got so many layers on. The jackets, the, the leggings, the sweatpants, that... You can really get your Madden on out there and hit somebody with the hit stick. Like you, you could bring the pain a little bit there throughout the snow when you're playing football with your squad in the neighborhood. That was the number one thing for me. Absolutely loved it, getting out there and just wrecking kids in the neighborhood.
2: Uh, the snow football is incredible. Enough, a nice, soft, powdery snow. Get the nerf out. We always play with a nerf. You don't want to ruin the, the leather football in the snow. So oh, you always you gotta have to play, play with, with, with a nerf. One. Uh, nah we didn't want it. we never did that we wanted to be stars. We played with the nerf now, the fun thing about my neighborhood was we lived off a four way stop, but it wasn 't a four way stop. It was a two way stop, so we used the intersection as the end zone. How stupid were we? People are only stopping going our way and the other way not coming to t bone you when you got into the intersection like you could lead a kid into the intersection I mean we survived we survived to tell about it. But you're right. The Nerf football in the snow for me was big. The other thing was just blowing off school in general. Like, CB didn't let us out. Like, ditching, as the old school calls it. That was video games all day at the friend's house whose mom always stuffed the pantry with all the unhealthy food, the M&Ms, the assorted candies. It was video games all day, but it came in combination with blowing off school and then finding an older friend of the family to call you out with some sort of medical excuse.
6: <laughs> Did you say, I know my truth? I know my truth.
4: All right, so the Cardinals and Patrick Peterson are expected to part ways this offseason. Mm. Now, Peterson's only 30 years old, but he's had a rough past couple of seasons. Do you believe he has enough left in the tank to be a quality player for a contender?
3: I do. I I think so. I think I'd like to get him away from number one receivers at this point in his career. And If he's willing to accept that role, then I think you got something. Because, look, man, he's had an unbelievable career leaving LSU. And he was, you know, for a while, a lot of people thought he was the best corner in the sport. Look, father time will come in to get you. Maybe it came to get him a little bit here. But he's only 30, and I think he's got some good football left in him. So it may not be the premier corner he once was, but I still think he offers a lot of value. And I think I know why CB is asking about Patrick Peterson, <laughs> ar as a Browns fan.
2: Well, he's not wrong to ask. He doesn't have to be a number one corner. Uh, There's several teams that I would think he'd want to go to. Um, all the Niners are free agents. They'll bring some people back. Like he wants to get on a team with a great front four. Like that's so. CB's right to ask the question. And you could he could reunite with the Honey Badger in KC. Mm. I think that would be a spot because like here's the deal. Let's let's do the my uh, figurative boxes. Um, The playoffs and a good defense, and I can't go for the highest bidder. If those are his boxes, not the money, I need playoffs and I need a good defense, then it's Colts, San Fran, KC, Cleveland. If Dallas comes to the table with money, then I think they can get him. It depends on what they do with Dak. If Dak signs a tag, then forget it. Then then they're going to be in a financial problem. If Dak signs long-term, don't rule out Dallas. But I'd have him reunited with the Badger in KC.
0: The truth?
4: It's over, right? All right. Rapid fire style for the last one. We assume that Cincinnati's going to go with the tackle at five, but if they shock us and go to a different position, which one do they choose? The shocker. Who would? Uh, 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 here's the deal. You got Mixon,
2: you got Higgins, you got Boyd. A.J. Green, I assume, is gone, but I don't know. If you want to go full shocker and not take one of the tackles, whether it's Sewell or Slater... Then it's gotta be Jamar Chase. It's gotta be, because reuniting him with Joe makes sense. Or Devontae Smith, if they're there. That's if you want to get into the shock category for me. They could trade back. And here's the other thing. If if the quarterbacks don't go ahead of them, and you've got one or two sitting there at five, they could trade out. Don't rule don't rule out that they could trade down if that possibility exists a little bit and get somebody between, you know, seven and, and fourteen.
3: You know, when you talk about shocking the system, like the Undisputed Era, I think you nailed the two guys there at the wide receiver. But just to play a little devil's advocate here on the other side of that, I don't know if this would be a complete shock. But the name Micah Parsons, a defensive dude that could come in and make a tremendous impact for them on that side of the ball, I think it would be great because their offense, I think, is in pretty good shape where it is outside of that offensive line which we all know is a major problem but defensively let's get some star players on that side of the football i'd be a little shocked if they went michael parsons there but at the end of the day i think it ends with sewell or slater
2: all right we peel back a little more on the cbj with the radio voice bob mcgill next rothman and ice on the fan
0: Sports conversation and sometimes pure stupidity. Awesome, funny, random. Your home of the Buckeyes. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. A former country club tennis pro and a high school baseball player. Don't be too impressed. You're listening to Rothman and Ice.
2: All right. Radio voice and moments for the Jackets. Want to remind you to jump into speed with T-Mobile. Upgrading their network at a record pace. They were the first to bring 5G nationwide. They should get credit for that. And now they've merged with Sprint, so they're really turning up the speed, like Maddie getting turned, mm. upgrading 1,000 towers a month with ultra-capacity 5G. So now we've got that speed, Columbus. We've got the coverage and the speed. As I said, T-Mobile merged with Sprint, so that means the best network ever is here. A million square miles of expanded LTE coverage across the country. What does that mean to you? That means more towers, more engineers, more coverage than ever before. T-Mobile's with me should be with you in more places. Coverage not available in certain areas. So visit T-Mobile.com to learn more. We open up the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline and welcome in our good friend, the voice of the Jackets. He is the one and only Bob McGillicutt. B-Mac in the house. How you doing?
1: Why couldn't you have me on on the day there's something going on with the Blue Jackets? I mean, you know, it's kind of a Boring. quiet, under-the-radar I know. The Why are we
2: even talking about
1: them? Like, they're so <laughs> I irrelevant. Um, I have no idea.
2: You know, it's funny. You know, I definitely could hit you with the Miko Koivu news, but I, I don't think that's the lead today. But I'll let you get I a quick one. I already got hit
1: with it earlier, so I, didn't, uh, put, I put that on my long list of things I didn't see coming. So, anyway, go ahead. Uh-huh.
2: Uh, why don't you give us 20 seconds on that? What's your gut? My gut is that here's an older, aging player that is figuring out that <laughs> it's not all there anymore for him, and he must. I don't know where he where he, where he resides in the off season or where his family is, but um, is he alienated from his family? Pretty much. I mean, living here in Columbus and traveling with the team, it's almost like the the traveling bubble,
1: right? Right. Right, Uh, and uh, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be upfront with you right away. This is the one year where I, I have less information than ever because we're so detached from what goes on. Not allowed to be around the players, not allowed to talk to the players unless it's through Zoom. There's no one-on-one, so uh, I'm a little bit at a loss here. But yeah, I would, I would assume that what you said is it. I mean, he's 37 years old. You know, he talked about he, he felt that he had more to give. Uh, He's going to talk to the media here and a little less than uh, 25 minutes and uh you know the release they put out he said he doesn't feel that he can do what he thought that he could do so that that makes plenty of sense uh although if you look at twitter it's all john tortorella's fault as is everything else probably the next solar windstorm is Tor- john tortorella's fault uh polar vortex the whole nine yards so uh anyway that's where that stands <laughs>
3: it's it's crazy what's going on right now and you're right man it's a lot of pointing of the fingers and and all of that stuff you know coming out of the line a uh, situation last night, Bobby Mack. You know, it, I've been seeing again questions raised about the culture around the Jackets right now. Not even specifically Torch's handling of Line A last night, but just overall in general, people questioning how the Jackets have gone about some contract things and how Torch handles the players and things like that. Y- your thoughts on just the culture around the, the Jackets right now?
1: What I think, Matt, is If John Tortorella is guilty of anything in his career, it's of being consistent. And all of a sudden, I'm just going to say this because, you know what, the more I read today, the more mad I get. So I'm just going to tell you this. He's consistent in everything he does. And I think that, you know, times have changed, and I think he's been flexible with the times that have changed. The people that say that he can't deal with younger players, I think that's a load of garbage. I think he has adjusted. I think he does do that. But here's what I also think. It, it, today's way of living is no controversy. Like, we can't, no, you can't bench a guy. You, know, you can't tell a guy didn't do a good enough job. Now, listen, could he have brought him back in the third period after sitting him for the rest of the second period and played him again? Yes, he could have. Um, was I surprised he didn't? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised in a 2 2 game that he didn't do that. But he is sending a message to the player and he's sending a message to the entire team that this is the way you got to play. I said this in a tweet earlier, that guy who's the most talented guy on this team when it comes to offense had to sit and watch less talented players play within a system, bust their hump and all ultimately they won the game because of it. Okay. Now if that's not a lesson to that player then that would be a problem. And I think it will be a lesson to them. And I, and I think everything's going to be fine with this whole thing. But I think a lot of what you see and a lot of what I read, and I shouldn't get mad about it because, because I shouldn't, but I think in this everybody gets a trophy world that you cannot, you almost can't discipline anymore without people just overreacting and saying, well, it shouldn't be this way.
2: Well, and I I think you're right. And I I came on the air today, and I'm sure people felt like I was going to defend him, and I didn't. I think there is some middle ground here that we can have a conversation with. I think we live in a society that it is all or nothing. It's either torts is horrible for the organization. We'll never sign a star. No one will ever want to be here, and it's his fault because of it. So you got to throw him out on his head and get someone here that's younger, that's fresher, that will let guys freelance, and that will score goals, and will be a big party, and will win a lot of 8-5 games. And, um, and, I, and I don't – I'm not saying that there are people that are are totally wrong. I think there's a middle ground here. I agree with you. It's a gamble. He had a big gamble last night. I just think we always want to decide for him what the reason is. Do I know that that Lion A sitting on the dot there not engaging when his team is in big trouble in their own zone was the reason he got benched? Yeah, I have to assume that is. He almost gave up two goals. And so does that mean he has to score a hat trick to make up for the two he's going to give up? You know, so I think people, yes, you said it right. He's not going to compromise on his culture. Do I 100% agree that he just is, is hell-bent on sending a message to the detriment of his team? I don't, think he's in the, in, I don't think he's that stupid, for the lack of a better word, to throw a game to send a message. I, I just don't know if he wants to compromise on what he believes helps you win games. Now, that may, he may be wrong. On occasion, and I'm sure he has been. But big picture wise, he's going to stay true to what he believes is going to help him win games and not lose them. And I think he coached that game last night the way he felt was the best way he could win it. And I'm sure it wasn't easy for him. And I know people shredded him for, oh, I don't like benching a player. Well, of course you do. No, he doesn't want you to give him a reason to bench you. There's a difference, Bob.
1: There is a difference. And and I know people think that I'm going to be an apologist for him because I, like you, talk to him all the time because I have, I have what I feel is a very good relationship with this guy. But I feel like I understand this guy from the conversations that we've had both on and off the air. And, you know, again, he was able, he's able to get a message across and still win a game. Like, to me, that part is where people are freaking out and I'm sitting here thinking, you won the game and you won it in regulation. And, you know, and then people say, well, is it worth one win as far as, you know, would if Patrick Line leaves? <laughs> Here's another thing I think, Anthony. I think the fan base here has to get off of that and quit worrying about, quit feeling insignificant because people leave, okay? Just get that out of your head. And And, again, get mad at me if you want to get mad at me, but there is a culture here. There is a way of doing things. He is sticking to that. And, you know, the players that have come in, they haven't dealt with this before. They've got to make adjustments. Yes, everything's disjointed right now. And you know what? Someday you're going to have that young coach that's going to let them freewheel, and the games are going to be eight to six, nine to seven, or whatever the case may be. And maybe that day is sooner rather than later. I have no idea, but that's going to come. But right now, what you have is somebody that is uh, true to his principles, which I think in life today, you have to search for those people really hard. You know, he believes in something. He has created a culture here. You're going to be part of that culture or you're going to get stuff taken away. He said, how many times has he said the player decides how many minutes they play? And he means it when he says it. And, you know, um, you know, Cam Atkinson said after the game last night, he goes, I've been there. Josh Anderson was interviewed in Montreal today. And he was asked if he was ever in the doghouse. Yes, he was. They know. You know, it's, it's about you've got to adjust your game. If that's not the normal game that Patrick Line plays, okay, but you've got to make some adjustment to your game too. This isn't a one way street. I don't care how talented you are. It's not a one way street. Um, you know, Line's gotta to adjust, Tortorella's gotta to adjust. I think everybody's gonna be fine when this when the dust settles on all this
3: wanted to squeeze in this last question for me Bob coming out of last night because you know when the trade went down line A was the focus and rightfully so when when you look at the offense uh, the potential of him every night on the offensive end with that shot and we've seen it play over the last couple of games but Jack coming back home was another piece that kind of got swept under the rug when that trade has happened but that is no longer and last night we saw a sick goal from him from the view that you have watching this guy the hometown kid come home what have you liked about his game so far
1: Everything, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, Matt, this guy is uh, – I, I wasn't sure how good of a player he was. I saw him a couple of times play for the Jets against the Blue Jackets, and uh, he is, he's not a throw-in on this deal, let's be honest. I mean, he's got a five-game point streak right now. He has two goals. The one last night, extremely important. The way he scored it was extremely flashy. Uh, he's got that swagger and that confidence towards likes. He's channeling it the right way uh and yeah he's he's come home and, and you know what there's got to be a lot of pressure on this guy being from Columbus and playing in Columbus and you know he's got his friends and his family and he played for the Triple A Blue Jackets there's all the pressure of you want to you know mm-hmm. you want to do great things for that organization as well it's not easy i'm sure it's not easy but he's making it look easy he's just coming in and playing hockey he's getting Minutes that he wasn't able to get with the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, and he's made the most of those things. So, I uh, I give him a lot of credit. I've enjoyed watching him play here these first couple of games.
2: All right, so you're going to continue to call games this year. You're not hanging it up. I just want to get that on. <laughs> you're, you're good, right? We though blindsided. We're going to hear you on the fan for the rest of the year and hopefully beyond. Right I,
4: I,
1: here, I will. I will guarantee you this. I guarantee you, somebody will come to me and tell me that I can no longer perform at a high enough level before I will say I cannot perform at a high enough level. So, yes, I'm not going to retire midseason. Thank you.
2: All right, my brother. Thanks for hopping on <laughs> on the late notice, and I'm sure they'll continue to give us stuff to talk about. The day that we don't want to talk about the Jackets, that's going to be a bad day. So thanks, pal. Yeah. Take, take care and be well.
1: Sorry I wasn't opinionated enough for you today, yeah. guys. I tried to turn it up. That's conscience. right.
2: That's <laughs> right. Be ready to take the ice the next time. Thanks, Bob. Oh, thanks, Bob. <laughs> right.
1: back. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Bob
2: McGelligot, radio voice of the Jackets right here on The Fan. We'll come back with an NFL two-minute drill. Rothman and
0: Ice on The Fan. The Fan is live and local with morning juice. Caffeinate and dominate. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. <laughs> Time for the NFL 2-Minute Drill. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now. Visit sleepbettercolumbus.com today. All right,
2: NFL 2-Minute Drill. And we have Russell Wilson weighing in about how he's frustrated with getting hit so much. Uh Uh-oh. I've been sacked almost 400 times. He's got the number down. So we've got to get better. i got to find ways to get better too. The I'm frustrated with getting hit too much uh, came when he was asked if he was frustrated with the Seahawks. Now, this isn't the first time he's jumped into this, this pool. Now, he's right. not going all the way into the deep end. And I think he was asked about, I can't remember where he was asked about whether or not he could be traded. And I think he said that's a Seahawk question, which he's right. Now, I guess the follow-up would be, well, you don't want to be, do you? <laughs> and then catch his reaction on that. But, uh, now he's not requested a trade, and he's going to be back. But it's finally coming to the surface on, I'm getting a little older. I've played in the big ones. I have one. I need an O-line. Aren't I good enough to be protected? I think what happens with these great athletic quarterbacks is, Is that you always believe, well, they're the ultimate weapon. They can get out of it. And the O-line is just part of running the football. And now that you get a guy like Russell Wilson who's getting, you know, thigh deep in his career, I think he's like, okay, don't ask me to be the wrestler every time. I can cook, but I got to have better ingredients, Matty.
3: No doubt. And this is interesting times that we're in, in my opinion, because these guys are speaking up more and more and more in the NFL because that quote definitely caught my attention coming out of the rumors that were swirling last night coming into this morning. But him also saying he wants to be involved in personnel decisions Mm, came along with this too. So... Russell Wilson has been a soft-spoken assassin. He goes out there on the field and rips your heart out and doesn't go out there and do too much talking. But now we're at a point in his career where he's looking around and saying, Okay, Pete, I came here. You kind of saved the franchise mm-hmm. as far as the quarterback position goes. We've done nothing but run the ball, run the ball, run the ball outside of this year. Let's change it up just a little bit. So I like that Russ is speaking up because I think he's got enough in the bank to speak up in this moment. And I was so jealous of the life that he was living at the Super Bowl because when Mm. you sit next to Sierra like that Mm. in the booth and you guys got that much money in your bank accounts, that is called Mm. winning at life.
2: Like Maddie, my game was strong and my money was long. (laughs) The Browns have waved guard Malcolm Pridgen. Yeah, the former Buckeye. Didn't play this year. He chose to opt out. Signed by the Texans as a free agent following the draft, and he was waived by Houston at the start of the season. He signed with Cleveland's practice squad in mid-September, spent the rest of the year with the club, and now they placed him. uh, The Browns placed uh, Pridgen on the opt-out list in August, and he he played in every game for Ohio State during those 17 and 18 years when they won back-to-back Big Ten titles and had the, the bowl win over, was it, USC in the Cotton, and they beat Washington in the Rose. Mm-hmm. And he started all 14 games in that eighteen yeah. season, and he, he led all those dudes with a bunch of snaps, and he and that line ranked way up there in fewest sacks allowed. So we'll see if he can catch on. But this was, a uh, I think, a community college kid that turned himself into a a Buckeye and then a pro. We'll see if he can hang on
3: wrong place to be is up in oh. Cleveland. If you're an offensive lineman, you're trying to find playing time because their offensive line right now said it's one of the best in the league. So hopefully he can go on and maybe latch on somewhere else. I saw this this game down last night, AR. The, how about the 49ers? Extending Josh Rosen for another year. Now, I don't know if I'm a fool or not. Actually, I know that I'm a fool, but I still believe in Josh Rosen. I don't know why. I haven't seen anything from him in the NFL to make me believe, but I'm still holding on to my Josh Rosen stock, and I'm hoping that he uh, eventually gets a crack at it, so we'll see, but the Niners ran it back with him again for yeah, another year.
2: Stock may eventually go bankrupt, we're not sure, I mean right. that fundamentally I don't know how strong that stock is and how good the company is but mm. I understand how you want to hang on to it because you are all in yes. and he was part of that Tampa Bay practice squad when San Francisco signed him off that squad in late December and he spent yep. the rest of the year with the Niners, so yep. we know the Cardinals drafted him 10th overall a couple years ago and that's when he said all those other teams are going to pay, well, <laughs> guess what they haven't paid a dime yet on Josh Rosen. Uh, the vengeance tour has not started yet, and I don't know who the opening act for it's going to be. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, if you can get a chance to listen to our thoughts on the Linus situation, jump on 971-RNI on the Twitter machine. CB tweeted that out. Stay safe, stay warm. We'll hand the mics over to Common Man and T-Bone. It's Rothman and Ice on the fan.
3: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra.